On today's episode of BRC and Friends, I sit down with Kathy Kong and Matt Michelados, co-authors of the award-winning book, Loving Disagreement, Fighting for Community Through the Fruit of the Spirit. We had a great time talking about writing, church, disagreement today, and a little bit of hot chicken. Reminder that this was recorded in September of 2023, which is a lifetime ago in world events years. Thanks for being here. Grab a beverage, pull up a chair, and enjoy listening to my conversation with Kathy Kong and Matt Michelados. My name is Bruce Reyes Chow, and this is BRC and Friends. Each episode, my co hosts and I chat with activists, artists, academics, and adventurers to discuss politics, faith, pop culture, technology, and as you will discover, pretty much everything that pops into our heads. This is basically an excuse for us to hang out with friends and colleagues and riff about things that matter. Welcome to BRC and Friends. And welcome to another episode of BRC and Friends. I'm really excited today. We're um, talking with Kathy Kong and Matt Michelatos. If I pronounce that right, uh, Matt, I hope sounds I sounds great. I that sounded oh, really go. good. Was that good? Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about their book, but first we'll do some introductions. Uh, I'm Bruce Reyes Chow. Uh, I'm the, the host. Uh, I joke that I'm also the people. So if you ever have me say, I'll, get, I'll let my people get back to you, that's me. Uh, I find that <laughs> oh. hard. I, I, I fire our editing and production people every week because they suck. Uh, and then, uh, so I'm in San I'm in San Jose. I use EM pronouns. Uh, make my way uh, pastoring and writing and speaking. And I don't really make my way podcasting, but I love doing it. So um, we're we're glad to be here today. Uh, so Matt, if you'd introduce yourself, please. Yeah, so I'm Matt Michelatus. I'm in the Portland, Oregon area. I use he, him pronouns. And I am a full-time writer, mostly screenwriting right now, but I get to do some projects like this one with Kathy that I love. So still, oh, I don't know. I do graphic novels, novels, not... If it's writing, I like to do it. That That's that's what it comes down to. Oh, awesome. Great. And I'm Kathy Kong. I'm in the north suburbs of Chicago. I use she, her pronouns. And... I make my way through the world as a writer occasionally, but these days mostly as a yoga teacher. And mm. I am in between classes today. So, <laughs> I, would, I, I, I am of the Orange Theory cult. That yes. is my the, oh. the thing that I, I, don't, I, I don't know if you've seen that, Kathy. I'd hardly ever talk about it ever. Ever. <laughs> Never, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm so shocked. Uh, but I, I need to do yoga. That's like the thing I, and if you were here, I would be there. Like I would told. I know, uh, but all the, all the friends who say they need yoga and they would come to my class are nowhere near where I live. So. I know. <laughs> it doesn't help you move through the world in it that way. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm, I am committing. That's like, cause I watched my dad move through the world, like actually physically, physically like, move. Yeah. I need to take care of that. Yes. The hips. Yes. The genetic. Yes. Yep. So anyway, um, now that you're on, we're, we're on the uh, podcast about uh, fitness and health, uh, apparently. Uh, Matt, what do you do for your fitness and health and, and stretching and all that? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I irregularly work out. Um, no, I, I do actually. I go to uh, Planet Fitness because it's oh. cheap. Yeah. And there's not yeah. the gym bros there. So yeah. I don't feel self conscious really? about it. But yeah, I, so is, I go, is that, I, is that a plan? I try to go four or five time? times a week. 
Yeah, they have a policy. It's called no gym intimidation. So you can't wear certain clothes. You can't like grunt and throw weights down. So you have some people that are serious about working out, but they're like, they're just there to do their business, right? They don't, they're like, oh, you don't really know what you're doing. It's fine. And then you have like super old folks there just getting their steps in or whatever. So you're like, so I'm like, oh man, I'm like in the middle. I'm, I'm in between these folks. So I feel pretty good when I'm there. But yeah, I try to go four or five times a week. But as soon as my work starts infringing at all, I completely drop it. So that's super healthy. That's what I do. Yeah. It's pretty normal. I, the or, the yeah. Orange Theory, because it's not cheap, that's one of my motivating <laughs> factors. Well, there you go. I mean, I How do, now, Orange I'm Theory like, works. You're meant to go a certain, like they go and there's like contests or something. I've never been clear. <laughs> Yes. No, like you're you're like riding your bikes and they're like, you're number four. Come on. If you went three seconds faster, you could be number three. No, is no, that no, right? No, you're mis- that's no. Not, no, that's not it. So it, you no, do have like your stats. Oh, you do have stats. Oh, that's what I thought. On, 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 on Orange Theory uh, podcast. Uh, but it's it's not, com- I mean, it's competitive if you're competitive. Like I uh-huh. have my mother who's who's 70 and she just talks shit while we're exercising. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And I'm like, mom, one, I had long COVID, but I'm going to milk that with my mother as long as I can. And two, <laughs> I'm like, it's like, mom, the toxic masculinity, let's bring it down. We're at Orange Theory, where it's like yeah, all man. the nerdy tech tech bros are because oh. there's no, yeah, because there's no, same kind of thing. There's not this like super masculine lifting weights. It's all, so you look around and it's the guys that, when the men are, that's like, that probably weren't athletes. I don't want to totally generalize. Totally. But that are there. Can, anyway, so let's move on to other things besides Orange Theory. <laughs> no, no. Take your mom no, to I Planet can't. Fitness, and then she'll have to be nicer to you. You'd be like, Mom, that's intimidation. Uh, yeah, she that, that my mother is, uh, that's not going to ma- matter. That She'd probably get kicked <laughs> out. But then she would bring them candy and cookies, and they let her back mm-hmm. in. So right. That's probably is, right. I want to meet yeah, your mom. Yeah. Do you? I do. I don't know. I do. I mean, everybody says that they love my mom, and and I. My mom is a pastor. To ma- and, uh, oh, uh, but she she went to seminary after I did because she refused to go to school with her son, uh, and so uh, I'm I'm a pa- I use I'm a pastor's kid with all of the glory and none of the baggage. Yes. Yep. I, I wasn't. Yep. I didn't grow up in it. Um, That's awesome. But my mother, I I told her one time after a meeting, I'm like, Mom, I'm not sure I'd like you unless you were my mother because you're mean. Now, my mom is one of those that has forever said, I'm old enough, I can say whatever I want. But she's always been like that. So that's just who she is. And it's generally on the right side of everything. But yeah, you would, Kathy, you would love my mom. Yeah, I'm feeling like I need to meet her. So (laughs) yeah. Anyway, (laughs) all right. So while we're here, you all wrote a book together. We did. Yeah. Loving disagreement, fighting for community through the fruit of the spirit. Um, and so tell tell me the roots of it. How did like I'm always wondering how people get together to write books. Like who who <laughs> asked who? Did they come to you and say, yeah. "Can we write together"? Were you drunk in a bar? Or you said, "Hey, let's write a book." I mean, what was the? Yeah, it's like a combination of all those things, actually. Except the drunk uh, in a bar that never happened. Well, well. <laughs> No. Yeah. The, um, so the publisher nav press reached out to me and said, we're, we're thinking about doing a book on civility, 
would you be interested? And I said, you know, I don't really know if I believe in civility. I don't know if that's the right book, but I'd be interested in what they were wanting to get at, which is how do we have disagreements in a way that is loving, that lets us continue in community when we're disagreeing on really important things. Uh, and as we talked about it more, they said, what if we brought in another writer who had another point of view that you could discuss things together? Uh, and I said, well, that's interesting. Who do you have in mind? And they said, well, top of our list would be this woman, Kathy Kong. And I was like, Kathy's my friend. You know this. And, and I'm pretty sure Kathy would say no. So I was thinking, <laughs> I'm just going to say no to this project and we'll move along. But I was talking to one of our mutual friends, and he said, why are you saying no for Kathy, who is an adult woman and can make decisions on her own? And I was like, that's a very good point. So I reached out to Kathy, and I invited her into the conversation, and I was delighted that she did not do what I thought she would, which is nice. <laughs> and, and we also talk, I think we mentioned this in the book, I can't remember, but Matt and I did not meet in person until right. uh, the book was done and we were um, together to record the audio book. So listeners right. should we know. We just met. We just yeah. met in person last month. and But we've been friends online for years, podcasting together, but we had never met. And so wow. kind of we um, – and in so in that way – I do think that it sort of makes sense that Matt, in his mind, imagined a conversation and how it would go that I would say no, because oftentimes my husband thinks he's had a conversation with me and imagines <laughs> what and how I would answer. So I feel like there are those there are those types of conversations that we think, oh, we know how it'll go. But I'm really glad that Matt... Um, brought it up to me because even though I had said to him multiple times and in the course of our podcasting together, I wasn't really sure how to re-engage, if I would re-engage within the Christian industrial complex. And having left vocational ministry a couple of years ago, um, you know, is there a place? Do I want there to be a place? But I felt like the topic of the book, not civility, but how to address disagreements amongst people of faith was something that I had some energy to give, not out of a place of expertise, but really out of a hope and desperation that people of faith really want to be better. Right. Mm -hmm. Can you all give me just a little bit of, uh, give me the 60 second background of your faith tradition? Like, what do you come out of? So I'm PC Presbyterian Church USA, born and raised, never touched evangelical Christianity can't in college or anything like I come out of a progressive congregation from from birth um, and so I uh, but I know you all have some different experiences what it, just to give a little context uh, where do you all what's your history how would you describe your faith traditions yeah so I come from a I, I would say I was raised primarily in fundamentalist Baptist circles or Baptistic at least uh, although my mom was from more, a more charismatic Baptist background, which was interesting, but I went to Christian schools all the way through high school, uh, Baptist schools, uh, and it was actually fundamentalist thought and, and values that became the framework of my more progressive faith today, which is weird, mm -hmm. 
but that's that's where I started and what sent me on the path to where I am now, for sure. And did you work for the church at some point? Was that part of your world? Yeah, so I was a I was a full time missionary with a missions organization, a nonprofit that's non denominational and had a little more diversity. They weren't all fundamentalists, right? They were a decent number. Right. Um, and and I was briefly, you know, a youth pastor, you know, things like that. But yeah, I was a lot of my vocation in the last twenty years has been centered in the church, one way or another. Great. Thank you. Kathy, what about you? I grew up in the Korean immigrant church. So it was a mix of all sorts of things. Right. So like mm-hmm. the church I grew up in as a child was a um, a United Methodist, Korean United Methodist church. Um, so kind of that background, my dad eventually when I was older and in college, he became a, a lay pastor in the Wesleyan denomination. And then I went into ministry with um, an organization, University Christian Fellowship, that's really the first place where I engaged with the language around evangelicalism because I just thought of myself as a Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it really wasn't until those 20-some years really kind of understanding where that kind of teaching and theology overlapped and where it didn't with my growing up experience. So um but I've left that organization, uh, and I would say I've, you know, folks would say I've veered left <laughs> um, from that space, but still very rooted in my faith. Great, great, thank you. I think it's very interesting to hear kind of how people end up in some comp- like this bigger common space that we're all in, but yeah. come from like our lived experiences are so much different. Sidebar, Kathy, do you remember our first kind of significant interaction? What it was, do you remember a long time ago? It was around, and I'm trying to remember, this is great podcasting where you're trying to remember something. Right. You're actually recording. Right. It was it w- around some curriculum video thing. Oh. And you all, somebody came to me and said, hey, Bruce, would you, so Matt, I, in our denomination, I held this like important office in the PCUSA at one point. Yeah, and I think the group of you all who it was, it was some ninja something. Oh, there was some oh. Yes. that came out. I know and you what all this asked is. me to sign a letter. <laughs> you all asked me to sign a letter, and I'm like, well, it's not really my people. I don't think they consider me Christian anyway, but sure, I'll sign it. I trust some of you all. And uh, <laughs> that's when I first got to know you. Do you remember yes. what that was? Yeah, I do. It was a book called Deadly Viper. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was like a, it was a leadership development curriculum and book that was beautifully published by a different publishing house. And that was definitely one of those experiences where I learned, you know, when you when you start the engine on something like this, you need to have a clear sense of what it is you want as a result. Um, yeah, that was it. Yes, that was my yeah. That first book changed idea. changed my life, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I never read it. It. It kind of changed my life as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was like, because <laughs> I, I just remember going, well, okay, I'll sign it. I don't, I don't, like, I don't have anything to, relationships to lose, but I think I had gotten to know you and some other people who were involved with that. I'm like, sure, I trust these folks. And, yes. But 
Oh my gosh, that just I, that just popped into my head. I was like, oh, I think I remember when we first connected and Ben, you've been causing trouble, good trouble yes. ever since. Yes, yes, yep. I guess that's yep. what I do. All right, so so you so you decided to write this book together. How did you all come up with its framework and and all of that? What was the process for kind of coming up with content? I think we had already decided actually by the time we signed on that what we knew we wanted to do. If we we're talking about particularly people in a faith tradition, the Christian faith tradition disagreeing, that the Bible is pretty clear that the way you tell if you're disagreeing well is through the fruit of the Spirit. So we'd already kind of chosen that as our framework, I think. And then Kathy and I had a conversation where we basically split up. Is there one or two that you're passionate about and that's one you want? Is there one that you're like, oh, please don't make me write this one? Uh, and then I would give that one to Kathy. Um, so, so yeah, we kind of picked... And then we actually went to our separate corners and wrote, and then we responded and interacted with each other's thoughts in, in the different yeah. chapters, which was super fun. Yeah. I, I love reading that, those parts where it's kind of like, here's the different voices. I just was interviewing somebody, another pair who were writing a book, and I was like, so how do you have a common voice and then have your individual things? So, uh, so Kathy, what were the chapters that you really loved writing and ones that possibly you didn't like mm. to want to do and Matt I'll ask you the same question like were there ones that you gravitated towards or away from in particular uh so I'll be very honest there weren't uh chapters where I was like yes this is gonna be awesome <laughs> this, is right in my this is I love this um and especially when there there are two um I wrote patience and self-control and I just was like oh man these are really hard for me. I'm not very patient. Um, I feel like I've worked a lot on self-control, but I think depending on your proximity to me on a daily basis, one can make a good argument against that. <laughs> and I mean, Matt and I have joked about this since the whole writing is that now as we enter in, not that, you know, things are really quiet and calm in the world, but as we're entering in a particularly divisive, um, yet another divisive election period and political period, um, I'm just waiting for people to get their hands on this book and like throw my words back at me. And I think um, knowing, knowing how that has happened in the past, um, Writing this was very like, oh, I really am not coming at this as an expert. I am coming at this as somebody who's made mistakes, who will keep making mistakes, and that my patience, particularly my patience and my self-control, are being tested every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. So you, as you wrote, Kathy, did you, the voices or the... Because you're writing knowing that the possibility that this is coming back to you, which could be good and bad, right? Because you don't want it to to you know, confine you. Right. But at the same time, it's like, how am I challenging? My, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I hate when people say stuff back to me that I've said. <laughs> right. It's right. the worst. <laughs> yeah. I had a child one time, a child, my child, do something <laughs> terrible, terrible. And she says to me, says to me when I was, we were following, she says, well, dad, that's just the way God made me. That's nice. Yeah. Like, I mean, they listen. They hear us. That's right. Yeah, right. That's and right. then how they process it and well, live so it out. I told out. her to stop going to, ch stop going to church. That's really the problem. <laughs> 
that's good parenting right there as amazing yeah, exactly exactly of course you you're like oh you're course, you're but... grounded from church get out of here <laughs> no more how dare church. you misuse scripture like that no more church for you matt what about you as you were writing things you were drowned to repelled <sighs> yeah i i mean for sure i think part of it is right we were talking about the bar of civility and we were saying that's way too low for a Christian, but civility is politeness. Like Christians are called to right. something much, 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 much bigger. So I think there is that feeling of like, we don't always hit the bar, but that's part of why we have the bar. So we know if we're being successful, but I was probably, I was drawn to the ones like kindness, gentleness, peace. Those are the ones I'm like, oh, I'm like growing in those, wanting to understand those better. And self-control was at the bottom of my list. I was like, I don't often see myself being successful in this area. I'm not sure I understand it. Like, let's let Kathy talk about that. At least she knows what she's trying to do. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I went to I went to work out once last week. What do you want from me? You know? Like, is that what self-control is? I don't know. So That's it awesome. actually it was... One of the things I loved about this book is reading Kathy's chapters and going like, oh, she's so wise. Like, I feel like I learned something. I want to hear more. You don't often write a book and and at the same time be going like this is good, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that was nice. Yeah. I loved it. That's that, that's awesome. That's great. I mean, I think that is one. Um, uh, I, I I wrote a book a couple years ago called In Defense of Kindness, and I mm. remember fr friends, you know, they know that I was not going to write a book that was like everybody just get along. Like that was not, but still, we're just that idea of kindness. The <sighs> initial reaction is weakness, and I'm like. I, yeah, I, I, I had one friend that said, I'm not going to read your book because it may change the way I behave. And I'm like, oh, it might boy, because. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, it should. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was drawn to your gentleness thing around that is like gentleness mm. and power. And, uh, you know, what does that mean? So so what is going to be the big like, why am I is somebody going to read, look at the cover, read the first thing and be like, I don't want to do this. Like, what what's <laughs> what do you think? Like, <laughs> Because I, I have to convince people to, to to read a book on kindness. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I look at kindness at protests and social, you know, pro and, and all these things. But they're like, well, but it's kindness. So, like, what do you need to convince people? What's that step that people need to get over? Because maybe I don't want to have loving disagreement. I want to win. Yeah. And I want the other ones to lose. Yeah, I think think one of the things we're really focused on is the idea of what if we could have horrific, important disagreements, disagreements where we think the other person is doing harm to another community or to us and, and actually be able to be in some sort of relationship still. That's not always appropriate, right? But is there a way that we could be in a community of people who disagree with each other and disagree with each other well? is the idea that, and this is hard in evangelicalism, and I say this as someone growing up in Baptist circles, where literally one church I went to broke off from another out of a disagreement about whether you had to stand when reading scripture. They're like, yep, sorry, you disagree. We're going to form a new congregation. Uh, that seems ludicrous to anyone who's actually reading scripture, right? Um, but I think there's a bunch of important conversations that we're dividing over when what we should be doing is staying in relationship to move to a place where we are learning from each other. Um, and that's way harder. And I think that's why the Holy Spirit has to be involved. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that community piece for me is a driving piece. I, I want to be in community with people. I mean, I don't always want it, depending on the person. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like my desire in my heart is for community. Oh, yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know. What do you think, Kathy? Um, <laughs> it It is definitely one of those things. And I know we, uh, in our, our writing back and forth and then sharing what we had written, it is part of that perspective as um, staying in community. And what does that look like when the people you disagree with are intent on bringing harm? Yeah. Right. And I and I and that's a legitimate question. And yeah. And I in a few places, I simply say you don't have to stay. You don't yeah. have to stay in community with these people. Um, but it is in how you respond. Um, do we still have the fruit of the spirit? Can we still be kind? Can we still be gentle in our responses? And I think mm. the hard, hard answer is yes. And, you yeah. know, right, Bruce, the, the book you wrote and the response you got from friends who were like, no, I, I don't, I'm not going to read this because I'm afraid it might have to, I may have to reconsider how I behave. And I think that that is valid and also important for me as a woman of color to say, you know, actually, I don't have to act out in this way with my anger. It doesn't mean I don't get to be angry. I can absolutely be angry and I can name that rage and name that anger, but I am, um, I am, I still wrestle. And that's why, that's why Matt was excited about writing about kindness and gentleness. And I was not <laughs> because, <laughs> right? Because in our circles, um, the fruit of the spirit can be used as a weapon against each other. Right. You should be yeah. this, oh, yeah. you should be that. Yeah. And yeah. and I've been on the receiving end of that a lot. And so there is a little bit of the like, I don't want to write about this because people are already telling me how to be more. Right. You should be more, you should be more kind and gentle how, how I would define what that means. Right. 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 Which often right. means stop talking. Yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kathy and I were recently copied on a communication that was talking about the dangers of compassion. Uh, and I was like, the <laughs> dangers of compassion? What are you talking? It might lead you into places of loving certain people. And I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, are a, we in the it's, Bible it's anymore? A it's a gateway emotion to love. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Jesus was really playing with fire when he had compassion for the crowds. Woo! But he was God, so I don't know. Right? But yeah, that yeah. I think that is exactly why we um, we are excited about the book. Because the reality is uh, the places and spaces we are still adjacent to, yeah, think of loving people as dangerous. Because right. it is. Because it is. Oh, fair. <laughs> well, and it's fair it's, enough. It has, it has forced folks to deconstruct these the these theological constructs that we've grown up with. I mean, all of us have had to go through that at some point where we have to be challenged into that. So I, I mean, I totally get why it's so hard. Uh, but I'm, it's we're glad that you're you're doing it. So, um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, good. I just lost sound. Are you all still on? We're still on. I, I'm I just, muted because someone's doing um, laundry at my house, laundry. apparently, and I think the spin cycle may have started. <laughs> so I didn't, unlike Kathy, I didn't put a note up saying, please be quiet, everyone. 
Oh, <laughs> no, I'm muting myself because my older son is in the other room microwaving stuff. So I let him know when I'm not this is, talking. This is all. Yeah, it's real life. This is all staying in. This is this is all staying, exactly. This yeah. is all, okay. Unlike my, my 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 faux perfect office world that I portray. <laughs> and my, uh, exactly. Why is it so quiet where you are, Bruce? It's loud here. I, I do it because I do have sound panels all around. My oh, room. well, see. Oh, perfect. Yeah, That's well, awesome. our book's about community. This is community. Yeah, Sometimes yes. people, you're like, I want to do a podcast, and people are like, I want to do laundry. That's okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. That that's that's perfectly. <laughs> I love it. I can hear I can hear your Tesla in the back. This is awesome. Um, uh, anyway, so, uh, um, so you're you're you all have been doing this book. Are there um, are you going to be places? Where can are folks going to be able to see you? Are you doing events, gatherings, anything like that? Or we should just all go buy it wherever we buy our books. Go buy it wherever you buy books, and if you. Mm have the funds to bring us out to do an event yeah. that would be fabulous since um yeah. since there are no funds to do that <laughs> yeah will you all would you all be willing let, let's say somebody buys 25 copies mm -hmm. would you be willing to zoom in with oh, them yeah. sure. uh, with their book group oh yeah absolutely we love, we love look, talking to people look i just put you on the spot uh so yeah like no we're not doing uh 20 26 uh, copies i mean come on bruce yeah. And, no, and, no, and of course. Do, yeah, I, we'd I love to, see, to. I need to see the receipt. I need to see the receipt. <laughs> yeah, the receipt. <laughs> yeah, if we turn on, you're not holding a copy, then there's going to, we're just going to sign right off. Yeah, no. exactly. Exactly. No, we no. we love that kind of stuff. We'd be glad to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you all would be, you all would be great um, for sure. Uh, we're already half an hour, which uh, this stuff goes uh, pretty fast. But I want to make sure we talk about some other stuff. So, uh, anything uh, bringing you joy in the last, you know, recently it could be, could be whatever. I've shared a few as I've been recording today, but um, you know, I actually uh, find a great deal of joy. I found, and this is super not whatever. I found this new delivery service in the Bay Area that's called, and I don't get any product place from any of this, but it's called Neon, where they. I'm in San Jose, which is like an hour away from San Francisco. And if you order a day ahead, you can get all San Francisco restaurants. It arrives at your door and it's frozen or cold and you just have to then heat it up. And so my I have a friend who owns this Japanese curry restaurant in San Francisco and I order from him and my favorite dumpling house. And yesterday I arrived and I wanted to eat everything last night, but Ooh. I didn't. But I, 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 there's a lot of Paul's Tran delivery services. Yes, I know. But I had these soup dumplings from our dumpling oh. place in San Francisco that I steamed and ate, and I just sat there. Uh, and you know, sometimes you just yes. sit there and you're eating something, and it just yep. feels like yes, home. Yes, yes. Uh, so it, unfortunately, I'm telling you all, and you, it's not in your area, but it's the Bay Area of all these places, and so that brought me a great deal of joy. Uh, Last last that, last night, and by the time this this airs, I probably have ordered from them multiple times. That sounds delicious and amazing, and I am hungry. Uh, <laughs> no, I might go have some right after right after I'm done with this. I'm probably going to go steam mm, some more. Nice. Anyway, uh, what has brought you joy recently, uh, Kathy? Anything <laughs> brought you joy lately? 
Yes, actually, um, I, I laugh. So uh, September is my birthday month. And so for the last oh, couple of years, right. I've like celebrated myself every day of the month. And it's never, it doesn't have to be like, I, I'm not treating myself to something every day. But uh, um, last week, what brought me so much joy was to watch my youngest child eat food. So Elias <laughs> is our youngest child. He is 21, so he's not really like a child child that right, way. Sure. Um, but he had jaw surgery, corrective jaw surgery. And so his oh. jaws were wired shut for six weeks and Amazing. couldn't eat anything. Yeah, liquid diet, lost 20 pounds. He was saying he Ooh. felt like his head was too big for his body. Um, so he came home got the wires removed, and for the first time in six weeks was able to open Aww. his mouth and could put his teeth together. So that's what the correction was. He had never bit a noodle with the front of his teeth because his teeth never matched. And so there was so, like, as a parent, as, a, as an adult who cares for children... There was so, like, I've always enjoyed watching my children eat, but something about, like, watching him discover that he could, like, bite a noodle with his teeth mm -hmm. was so, like, oh, my gosh. And he just was savoring this. So I was going to say, for him. Yes. I mean, he was, like, this is the best. And then he couldn't eat a lot because his stomach is, like, the size uh... of a fist, right? But now I, I think it's coming back, you know. But... Um, so that I'm still lingering in that, like that joy of like, oh my gosh, not only can he eat, but that he is learning to eat again for and eat yeah. again and the first time. So we're still talking about like what it'll be like when he can bite into, I'm sorry for the vegetarians and vegans who are listening, but the first time he can bite into <laughs> like a burger or a steak and like have his teeth meet will be amazing. That must that must just be what to have after so long mm -hmm. to have this experience that you've ne you don't know anything about. Yep. And then Yep. Uh, uh, yep. I know. I know. Wow. That brings me joy. I'm joyful <laughs> with you. Yay. Yeah, that's sure. amazing. Yeah. Matt, what about you? Um you know, last week I got flown out so I live on the West Coast. I grew up on the West Coast. I got flown out to Nashville for some meetings for two days where I was helping some folks with some movie stuff. And those were fun, but also like one of my friends from high school somehow lives out there now. And one of my dear friends who I met 20 years ago, she and her husband are out there and I hadn't met their baby yet. And I just, every day when work was done, I was out there five days. I would just drive over to their house and hang out. I went out with my high school friend Every day I was just hanging out with people. And then the last night I got invited to this group that's for writers, but it's almost all songwriters where they had this big dinner and it was outside and the crickets were going and they had like beautiful lights up and all these young songwriters. So they're in their twenties, got up front and would play a song they're working on. So not a song that's finished. So they were so insecure and then would share these deeply moving, incredibly personal songs. And it was it was just a sitting there by the fire with a bunch of people I had just met, hearing them just pour out their hearts with just gorgeous songs about divorce, pain, loss, um, 
you know, is God good? Does God love me? These sorts of things. I was really moved by it and just left that night going, how, how did I have to fly to Nashville to have this experience? Like I have all these people I know at home and I'm not making time for them. Uh, and I went to Nashville and because, yeah, I didn't have to do the dishes, I guess, or like take care of the rabbit or something. Suddenly I had time to stop and be in community in a different way. It was really beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. I, it seems like all the cool kids are going to Nashville, despite Tennessee in general. Yes. And the politics. But like I've had all these friends like you're in Nashville, either visiting or hanging out. I had the hottest chicken I've ever had in my entire life. Ooh, hot chicken. In Nashville. Did you go to Prince's? Where'd you go? No, we went, uh, if you were to, I don't remember. If you were to say the name, I would know Mama it. Mama something? No. It, like, it's one of those, like, I'm going back and I'm going to beat this place. Like, I got the <laughs> mild, I got the mild dusting and I felt like my lips were going to fall off. I mean. Hot chicken is hot. It's good. I thought I did the same thing oh. when I first went to Nashville. We went to Hot Chicken at Prince's, which is supposedly the first place. Yeah. Um, and the the legend is this guy cheated on his girlfriend, and she said, "I'll make him chicken," and tried to like blow him away with spice, and he liked it. And so that was the beginning of Prince's Chicken, right? But they were like, I was there with my daughter, and I was like, "What level should I get?" They're like, "Have you eaten here before? Maybe go mild." And I was like, "No, no, no." I'll go uh, medium. That's fine. Medium. It, we're in Nashville. Yeah. How hot can it be? That's and I, I, manly man comes out. My fingers were burning from touching it. Toxic like it was so hot. Yeah, I was crying, and I was like, "There's this terrible." Yeah, exactly. And there was this terrible mac and cheese, but I was like, "This is the best mac and cheese ever because it's like calming <laughs> yeah, the it's... spice in my yeah. mouth." I was like, "Why is this so mild and gross?" And then I was eating. I was like, "Oh, give me more." Yeah, it was amazing. That's what you get. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I I even think I was like, no, I'm not going to be that guy. And I think I got, like, like on a scale of to 10, I got three. Like, I'm just, like, <laughs> just going to trust the people here, the community. Right. And it's still, <laughs> I... My, I, it was burning all like every, it was just oh, well, yeah. and you I'm have to be back. careful when you're traveling and you eat that way because what goes oh, in yeah. must come out. That's the truth. So. That was, you know, immediately we we're in a group of people that all knew each other and we're like, oh, this is gonna be bad later today. Yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. What it was like, <laughs> this, uh, we're glad we all have single rooms because Lord knows, oh. right. But it gives you all those endorphins. Then later you're like, man, that chicken was pretty good. Should I get more? Should I get it spicier? And I'll get it spicier. <laughs> right. And you're oh like, I better hydrate oh before I go there because it's going to be bad. Seriously. Uh, all right. What are you all watching, reading, uh, listening to these days? Well, it's Tuesday when we're recording. So it is Ahsoka Tano night in our oh, home. Yeah. And we're really enjoying yes. that, actually. So, um, oh. yeah. So my husband is the big, like, Star Wars geek. Uh, we still have, like, childhood toys in the basement and that kind of stuff. So <laughs> are, we're... They still, are they still in the box? No, unfortunately, <laughs> oh. they are not. Um, but we still have a bunch of them. So, uh that is what we are watching faithfully. And I will say that another thing that's bringing me joy is a book that I am listening to. It is Michael Harriet's Black AF History. Yes. And I know a couple of people have picked it up to read as a physical book. And 
I am just enjoying his narration and I'm laughing out loud, which I need to do. And then learning things where I'm like, oh, I thought I had a pretty good understanding of how mm. how much I had missed out in history. And there's just a lot of stuff where I'm like, oh, I did not. Oh, I did not know that. So it's been it's been good. I'm about okay. halfway through. Yeah, I've heard I've heard great things about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Ahsoka. I'm so good. So good. Anyway, Matt, what about you? What are you listening to, watching? Uh, um, I am watching a Norwegian TV show that's on Netflix called Ragnarok, and it's oh, yes. shockingly good. I was I was like, oh, I'll try it while working out, right? I'm riding my bike at Planet Fitness and watching on my phone. Um, this is how I keep myself engaged in exercise. That's self-discipline, I think. I, I have to read our book again. But um, yeah, Ragnarok... And it's about these two kids that move back to this town, which was the last town to Christianize in Norway. So they were like, it's literally Ragnarok was here uh, when the last missionaries came here. And this kid starts to realize that maybe he's Thor. Like, he's not sure, but he might be. And maybe these big, nasty guys who run everything here in town, they might possibly be giants. And maybe his brother's Loki. He's not sure. But it's great. It's like young adult superhero stuff, drama. It's done real slow and careful. Uh, and I'm, yeah, man, it sounds so weird, but I'm really into it. I was like, this is way better than the Marvel stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. And then as far as novels, I'm reading, uh, I'm reading, I'm not going to say this right, but it's called Bundori, which is a Japanese term for a kind of a war trophy back in the day. Uh, and it's by a woman named Laura Jo Rowland, J-O-H. And she uh, she writes a series of novels. So I read the first one. It was great. They are detective novels set in Shogun-era Japan. So the main character is a samurai. He's trying to do the right thing by the emperor. You know, he's following Bushido, like the whole thing. And that is in, his duty is in constant conflict with can he bring justice to this situation? without embarrassing the emperor like that uh, beautifully beautifully written so there's 17 books it turns out i read the first one i was like oh man i hope she wrote another and then i was like oh this will keep me busy for a while so i'm like halfway through book two but yeah it's really That's great awesome. yeah how about you bruce I'm a, I'm a big i'm i'm a big audiobook person like i'm okay. uh I, I love uh we are reading um this series uh, reading i'm listening to uh victoria speedwell a Veronica mm -hmm. Speedwell series. It's about this English detective, badass woman. It's it's delightful, not terrible brain candy. Like it's uh -huh. uh, so yeah. that and I, I'm very much like I, I, I I've admitted this on other shows. I am not very cultured when it comes to the things <laughs> I read and watch. Good. Like it is it. Like I, there are things that have come on. I'm like that makes me sad. I'm not going to watch that. Right. I have to invest my emotions. I'm going to put on uh, the Meg. Yes. So I'm going to go. right. So like my background stuff is always. I I was writing something yesterday on boundaries, and uh, John Wick Four is in the background. <laughs> so I I always have to go back and read to make sure that I, like I voice most of my writing that stuff doesn't get in that is from. <laughs> John Wick 4. Yeah, 
John Wick Four, <laughs> which you know they killed his dog. I mean, I it's like I had it's yeah. It, it makes sense spoilers. It makes sense to me. Spoilers. Anger oh, and that, rage. That was that, that was that was one. Clearly, you have not seen all the yeah. John Wicks. Yeah, anger and uh, rage. Yeah. It's a theme. I'm like, you killed the dog. I'm thinking it sets everything are, off. Yeah, that's right. All all that. Uh, so I'll, I'll end with. So you all did your audiobook. I'll tell you a little story. Did you all have to audition for your own audiobook? No. Mm, not not for this one. No. See, I need to write for you all because I've had to for both of mine, and one, um, I I auditioned and they didn't pick me. No, rude. I've heard this from another author friend, and it was he had the same experience where he had to audition yeah, which, and the first time he didn't get picked. Which is, I, and part of me is like, they don't care about my feelings. They right. want to sell. Right. I, right. I, right. I make business. So I, yeah, it's I, business. I, I took a little, I took a little ego hit and I'm like, but I've always heard that I would be good to do these things. And then apparently I was not. So that was the first, oh, I recorded boy. like an hour and a half to get. What? Like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, it was, it was quite, uh, I laugh. I laugh about it now. When I first got the, we're not going to use you. I was like, but it's my book. Bruce, I uh, I wrote a memoir called Sky Lantern, and they didn't. They just picked some big name guy to do the audio book. But it's a very very personal book where I'm talking about my feelings about my children and like stuff like this. So I, I started listening to it, but this guy has a very different voice than me, and he'd be like. Here's how I feel about my daughters. And I was like, oh, no. I'm having a real weird experience right now. I don't think I can do this. Like, I just, I couldn't get through it. It's freaking me out. That's so funny. I'm not English. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, ooh. I'm sure he's the, a professional, per- right? Like, I'm sure it was wonderful. But, right. yeah, I was like, oh, it's not for me. The person they got for me, I was actually like, oh. He's pretty good. Like I listened to it, and my wife listened to it, and we're both like, "Oh yeah, he's better than you." Like, oh yeah, yeah he is. So, they made the right so, choice. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, I could actually, and it was interesting, so I could listen to it because he was excellent. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty good. I was reading, having him read my words. I'm like, that's pretty good. That that was not actually <laughs> yeah okay. Good. Great writing. That is the it, that's probably a better way to listen to your own words. Because I, I will oh, say sure. it was a very strange experience to hear myself narrate my my first book. And then I just stopped listening. I, like, I, I can't do this. I can't listen to myself read my own words back at me, even though I felt very strongly about reading my own words. Right. So right. I'm, I'm glad. But I am glad that Matt and I were... A, able to record our own book because that was the one opportunity we had to meet each (laughs) other that's how we met yeah well it does make sense for your for the structure of your book to have it actually be voices and and i suppose (laughs) they could have just brought in two other people and what if they just brought in one person and they were like (laughs) these conversations at the end they're doing voices right be amazing (laughs) that would that would actually be yeah that would be amazing all right, I'm so glad you all could be on. Where can people find you, Matt? What's the best people way for people to connect you? I'll put the links to the book and stuff, but what about you? How can folks find you? Yeah, listen, if you can spell my name, which is a big ask, you can find me because I use it for all my social media. It's Matt, how you would expect, and then Michelotis, M as in Mary, I-K-A-L-A-T-O-S. Uh, and yeah, so I'm on X, formerly known as Twitter, 
and Insta and Facebook and Blue Sky and I don't know. I'm I'm on MySpace, man. What's your what's your fa- <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite? Like, what's your if you had to get rid of them all? The one social that you like, you actually enjoy, or, or is the one that you listen. I I hate to say it, but it is Twitter for sure. It's a dumpster fire really? on its way off the side of a cliff, but it's the one I check every yeah. day. Um, oh. Yeah, and I I'm old also, so I like Facebook, but I'm on I'm on the other ones, you know, most of the time. Well, I think Twitter Twitter has faced has pushed people back to Facebook. I mean, interaction uh, for on sure after Twitter for sure. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, Twitter's it, garbage right? in like so many ways, but it's still like so for me like industry stuff about the um, about writing it's, in Hollywood yeah. is like all on Twitter, uh, things like that. So it's still there now. I don't I don't am- imagine it will be a year from now, but right now it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Kathy, how do we find you? And what's your what's your go to social? My go to social these days has been Instagram, and my handle is at. Ms. Ms. Kathy Kong, just my name, and that use I use that handle over at Twitter, Instagram. I have a couple of TikToks, um, oh. and uh, I don't know where else. Threads, Blue Sky, <laughs> you know, all of those places. All try the to things. yeah, try to see if anything else sticks. But if yeah. um, if push came to shove, I would be at Instagram. Yeah, that's me too. I'm a I'm a Insta person for the most part. That's where I find the most. I mean, I miss the interaction of Twitter. That's the yes. thing that I miss the most. Same. And I don't just don't know if we are gonna find that again in any particular space. But uh, anyway, all right. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I can't wait to see how this book does. Thank you for doing it. Uh, it sounds like you had a great time. Uh, thank you, Matt and Kathy, for hanging out. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. All right, you all. Thank you for uh, hanging out for another episode of BRC and Friends. Uh, Go to all the podcast places, do all the things, subscribe, rate, all those things. Uh, And uh, thank you for being here. We'll see you on the next episode of BRC and Friends. BRC and Friends was hosted and produced by Bruce Reyes-Chow. Co-hosts were Jorge Bautista, Mickey Scott Bay-Jones, Amy Kim Karemis-Parks, and Laura Monaco-Heifetz. And the theme music was composed and recorded by Marissa Magdal-Laurent. Feel free to connect with any of us via the show notes. And lastly, please don't make me beg. Take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to BRC and Friends wherever you listen to podcasts. Until the next episode, thanks for listening to BRC and Friends.